Welcome to the Daddyhood Rocks podcast with John Wolford and Brandon Miller. We are here to encourage you, empower you, and strengthen you so you can engage, level up, and have fun being a dad. We are going to have guests, deep conversations, hilarious stories, and insights that will give you the strength you need so you can be the dad you gotta be. And now, here are your hosts, John Wolford and Brandon Miller. Welcome to another episode of the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. We are so excited to walk with you on this journey of daddyhood, no matter what it looks like for you, whether you are brand new at this whole thing, whether you've been a, a dad for 10 years, 15 years, whether you all of a sudden inherited some children, uh, whatever it looks like for you, we are here to encourage you to engage, to level up, and to have fun being a dad. So I'm Brandon Miller, and this is who? Who are you? I, I mean, uh, this week I guess I'm just the wolf now. All right, all right. You know, wolf. I'm the pod father. Whatever we want to call ourselves, we are incredibly nerdy, but we are nerdy to encourage you. Uh, we want to help you with this thing called daddyhood. Uh, no matter how you slice it, any relationship is hard. Daddyhood is hard. Marriage relationships are hard. So we are here to give you a boost. One thing that uh, in thinking of our guest, Justin Archuleta from Colorado, what a cool, cool, hefty, but cool story. If there's one word I want you to think of during this thing is the word resilience. His picture is, uh, is one of someone who has not given up in the face of adversity. It makes me think of my dad. So Justin is a Marine and, and John, you, you also uh, we're in the military. And here in a moment, actually, I'll have you very briefly share that again. Um, thinking of my dad, uh, who whom I admired deeply, uh, he, he spent a career in the military. Uh, first four years was in the Marines, and the last uh, 18 or so were in the Army. And one story that he, he f- tells frequently that has always stuck with me was, uh, so my mom was uh, stateside. He was, uh, I think... Uh, somewhere uh, near Cuba. I'm not really sure exactly, but he was uh, at a table with uh, four of his friends. And all four of them were either divorced, going through a divorce, or estranged from their spouses. And my dad thought to himself, he didn't say this out loud, but he thought, first, I must be doing something right because I'm still together with, with Betty but I need to change some things in order for us to stay together. And so that moment really stuck with him. And, uh, and so, I mean, he, he continued his, his military career, but the military life is not an easy one uh, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to marriage in a nutshell, John, what, what was your experience like with that part of it? Uh, like what branch were you in and what impact did that have on you and your relationship? Yeah. You know, I, I went in late. Um, I didn't come out out of high school going, I'm going to go into the military. I went in at the age of uh, what, 21, I think. Um, and it was kind of a not last minute decision, but it was definitely fly by the seat of my pants. I'm going to go talk to a recruiter, see what this is all about. Oh, Hey, I'm at MEPS and I'm getting sworn in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it really felt like it went that fast. And, um, because of that, it took me by storm emotionally too. Um, and so 
you know, I, my wife did leave while I was gone. Um, and how I responded to that impacted her staying gone. Um, it's, I think that she was, she was gone, but then she was gone, gone with how I, I responded to that, but I responded to that into a very military way. I mean, it was, um, by the book, how you respond to things in the military, you, you meet it head on. And, um, so the military teaches you great ways to handle combat. It doesn't necessarily teach you great ways to handle your relationships with your wife and kids. And, um, so, you know, as I went on, you know, I had a parachute failure in 2016, I got injured. I didn't see my kids for two years. You know, it's, the military definitely takes its toll on your relationship with your kids and with your spouse. So uh, talking to military dads out there right now, guys, be intentional. Um, last episode, we talked about being intentional. Uh, I'm going to talk about it again. Be intentional with your wife. Be intentional with your kids. Uh, make sure that you make that time uh, because if you don't, it's going to be gone in a split second and, and you're not going to have much to say about it. Without a doubt. And, and thank you for sharing that part of your journey. Uh, before we toss the ball to Justin Archuleta, real quick, I'm, one thing I'm super, super proud of is our Daddyhood Rocks podcast logo. And it's based on a picture. Can you tell me about that picture, John? Yeah. So uh, that picture is a picture of me, albeit uh, I was skinnier then. Um, but uh, that is a picture of me reuniting with my boys after two years. Um, it's a picture of my mom, Grant, uh, uh, get emotional. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I didn't see my kids for two years. Um, and because of my wife now, uh, I was able to see them and we met on a freezing cold day, um, in the middle of Northern Indiana and, I saw that car coming down the road and I busted out that door without a shirt on and I grabbed my boys and I held them uh, tighter than I think I've ever held anything in my life. Um, so yeah, that picture is the culmination of thousands of dollars and a couple years of hard work and the love of my wife and my family and uh, really everybody around me to finally be able to see my kids. So that's not just a logo. It carries a truckload of meaning for you. Oh, without a doubt. Awesome. Well, speaking of truckload of, of meaning, here's Justin Archuleta with an amazing story of resilience and overcoming hardship in order to have those awesome daddyhood moments. <music> All right, welcome to another episode of Daddyhood Rocks. We are with Justin Archuleta from Colorado. We are so honored and excited to have you to be uh, our our guest today. Thank you. Uh, would you mind telling us about your family, your your work, your life as a Marine, and also, most importantly, your favorite meal? <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Justin Archuleta. Uh, I am a Marine. You know, it's kind of one of them funny things. I know a lot of guys hear this over and over again, but once Marine, always Marine, there's not a, a former Marine or an ex-Marine. We kind of carry that title with us the rest of our lives and try to conduct ourselves in a manner that would be uh, uh, 
uh, be that of a Marine. Um, I spent eight years in the Marine Corps. Um, during those eight years, the first four of those, I was on the ground side. Um, I was an 0811, which is a field artillery cannoneer. Um, and then I transferred over to the air wing side, which was a little different. Um, and uh, it gave me a, a good uh, a good perspective from the different side, you know, from the air side to the ground side. Uh, very unique, uh, kind of like going from training like a professional athlete to being in a nine to five job. So, um, yeah, that was awesome. Right now, um, what I'm doing in the past, oh, I'd say 21 years, I signed up with Excel Energy. I uh, went to work for them. I completed a four-year apprenticeship as a gas fitter um, and then uh, transitioned into the trouble truck department because got to have that adrenaline rush and um, became a working foreman for gas emergency response. I worked my way up through the ranks. Uh, that's where I currently sit. So basically my job is if somebody rips a gas line out of the ground, if somebody runs a bus through a wall and tears out the, wall, uh, the meter and the wall with it, and it's blowing inside the house, I'm the guy that goes in and shuts the gas off and makes it safe. Um, I'm the guy that goes in and does what the fire department can't do or won't do. So, you know, even firemen need heroes. Um, and my favorite meal, <sighs> wow, that's a hard one because I like to eat. <laughs> but I, I definitely, uh, I like my wife's um, soups and specifically the one that's her loaded baked potato soup. It's mm. very good. It's my favorite. Well, that sounds fantastic. Now you have a uh, just that, still that same first question. Tell us a little bit, kind of the makeup of your family. You have a, a unique family situation. Tell us about your family. So um, I have a daughter and a son from another marriage, and uh, that marriage didn't work out. And that marriage was while I was in the Marine Corps, um, and the divorce happened while I was in the Marine Corps. I then transitioned into the civilian world and started my life anew. Um, I was uh, a semi-pro paintball player and a professional referee for paintball. And that's where I met my wife. Um, she was actually <laughs> my second wife, excuse me, my uh, friend's girlfriend. And he really sometimes didn't treat her well. And I'm like, dude, you got it. I mean, what's wrong with you, you know? And so <laughs> through my friend, you know, I became friends with her. Um, the crazy thing about this all was, is that at the time that I met my now wife, I was dating my ex-wife. I didn't learn the first time. Yeah. So that's kind of one of them things. But, you know, anything else deserves, you know, a second chance. I kind of figured you can't win the lottery without playing, you know. <laughs> so I wanted to see if maybe us having grown up and a few years later and not the Marine Corps and deployments and everything else involved would have worked. It did. And it was really bad. And uh, what ended up happening was, is I lost track of my wife, Jacqueline, because, you know, we were friends and my ex-wife considered that a threat. So she had asked me, she said, um, if you love me enough and you want to try to make this work, you will get rid of her as a friend. And I was kind of like, are you serious? And she said, yeah. 
So I called and told my friend, Jackie, I said, Hey, I said, look, you know, this is what's going on. She considers you a threat. And I want to give it a shot. So, and she told me, well, you know, if you ever need a friend, I'm here. And she left and I never talked to her again for another four years. It was crazy. But uh, then I ended up uh, sending her an email. I remember one night I was up late and I was going through some of my old PayPal stuff. I was still playing at the time. And um, I messaged her. I said, hey, I said, I just ran across this old email from you. No, it's a long shot. But really feel crummy about what I did to you. So I'd like to apologize. And it was like 10 minutes later, I got an email back what's up? What are you doing? Yada, yada, yada. And then from there we hit it off. We were friends for two months. And I asked her, I said, will you date me? You know, can we go out on some dates, you know, whatever. I said, you're single, I'm single, you know, we're friends. What could be wrong with that? You know? And, uh, she says, yeah, she says, sure. You can take me out on a date. So we dated and she made it perfectly clear that we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. I said, okay. <laughs> and about Two, three months after that, she goes, so this is my boyfriend. And I went, so we're at that level now. And she's like, well, what else would we be? And I'm going, okay, <laughs> I guess we're boyfriend and girlfriend. So, yeah, that was, uh, that's kind of how we met. It, when uh, when we were playing paintball together, she used to actually get mad at me. Because I'd shoot her in the face all the time. I used to in the face <laughs> Yeah, it was the best ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Keeper. To start off, how old were you uh, when you be, first became a dad? When I first became a dad, I was 18 years old. Um, I had basically just joined the Marine Corps. I didn't know poop from apple butter, really. But, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was ready to wing it. I was. I was really ready to wing it. You know, John, as you probably know, it's, it's tough uh, to be a dad go on deployments you know i mean i was on in the short eight years that i was in i was on three deployments and two of those deployments were within my first four years and out of my first four years i was probably home i'm gonna say two years out of that so you know you left and you had this little girl running around and and boy running around and basically they can almost not even say your name. One of them can't even carry a conversation, you know, and you come back and both of them are like, all of a sudden, daddy, you want to go outside and play? Will you play with me? You know, and they're talking to you and you go, what the heck happened? I just left and they were, and now they're, <laughs> you know, so you miss yeah. out on a lot. Yeah. The military life just, um, you, it takes away from a lot. It feels like, and you just kind of get caught in this, daily grind and it's almost like you know it's we're gonna put your family first but not really <laughs> and so um you know what what challenges did that present to you the dad um and your ability to father your kids you know um the thing that i noticed the most was coming back to a household that was used to functioning without me so when I came back, I felt more like a, um, an outsider or a disturbance, you know, I, I threw a monkey wrench into everything. And then by the time that everything started going cohesively, boom, I was off on another deployment or field op or 
you know, whatnot, you know, it was just like, wow. So what that, that was probably one of the things I noticed most. The other thing I noticed the most was is that I could not give while I was home enough of my time to my children that I wanted to. So that guilt was always there, you know, it was tough. Now, both John and I are, are, are previously divorced. And so that's, that's a tough journey for anybody. There's nothing, you know, n- no such thing as an easy divorce. Uh, so for you, what was that journey like for you? And as far as navigating that uh, with, you know, going through that and you know, having children and then uh, eventually getting remarried, what was that journey like for you? I've always had this saying, you know, that people are put in your path and that you make decisions in your life. And that sometimes those people are positive influence and sometimes they're a negative influence. And then sometimes you make decisions that are positive decisions and sometimes are negative decisions. But no matter what happens in your life, everything that's happened to you happens for a reason to get you to where you are right now at this point in time. And at this point in time, I am the happiest dad and man that I think that I could possibly ever be. You know, I have two little girls that are absolutely wonderful. I have an awesome nephew and a great niece. You know, my mom and dad, I love them. And my wife is just incredible. She's my soulmate, you know, and I never would have met her. And I never would have appreciated her had I not been treated by somebody in my life the way that I was treated because it made me learn to respect my wife for who she is and like I said have that appreciation for the way that she is so I, I think that uh, the journey for me was basically at some point in time I had to realize that I was worth it. you know because there was a point in time when I was felt that I wasn't worth it you know that I felt what's wrong with me mm. you know why am I not good enough to have what that guy has or that dad has you know and what I realized was, is that I am good enough. I just have to work at it and I have to meet the right person and I have to value myself. Um, you you got to learn to love yourself, you know, because if you can't love yourself, nobody else is going to love you. And then you then the second step, I think, is that you have to learn to love fearlessly, because mm-hmm. no matter what I do, if I don't love my wife without fear. It's not going to help anything. For example, if she wants to cheat on me, she's going to cheat on me. Whether I love her or whether I try to, I don't know, stalk her, keep her from doing anything or anything, like it's not going to help anything. If anything, it's just going to push her farther away from me. So by loving her fearlessly, I allow myself that, uh, that option. You know, I think, I think one of the things is, is it shows respect. And that respect would be, you know, through a trust where I would say, you know, if I'm not happy in my relationship with you, I will let you know. I'm not going to go out and cheat on you, you know. And I think the same thing would be said by my wife, you know. So that's just one of those, I don't know, one of those deals where it's a double-edged sword at one point. But at another point, if you don't do it, you're never going to know never going to have that opportunity. And fortunately for me, I met the right woman and I had that opportunity. We're going to talk about 
2013, 2014, um, super big, yeah, challenging years for you. You had huge, just massive life events happen, motorcycle wreck, uh, losing your sister. By the way, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, my condolences that was, that to you, even still, that's, that's still, um, I know when you lose people, it still hurts, so my condolences to you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? So it was the year of the motorcycle. Man, I had this this uh, Harley Stroker, man, and it was just it was it was a mean motorcycle, man. She was fast, 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 fastest bike I ever rode, and, and I almost killed myself on a GSXR in two thousand. So that tells you how fast this bike was. Um, and I happened to be on my way to work that morning, wearing my colors. I was in a, I was in a club, and uh, I was at a stoplight. And sitting there jamming and some turn the knob up the next thing i know i'm on somebody's hood and i rolled off the hood from the momentum and rolled onto the ground and i popped up and now i'm mad you know i'm like what the I look over at my motorcycle still blaring the music but it's out in the middle of the intersection and i go and lift my arms up like this to pound on this lady's hood after she just hit me and my arms just failed and I'm like, what the hell? And so I start walking around and I'm doing this. I'm, now I know I've been hit and I'm, my arms are hurting, my shoulders specifically, you know? And she's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. And the only thing I can remember looking at her while she's saying this is she's got her cell phone in one hand and she's looking at me like, what did I just do? Yeah. So I was rear-ended at the stoplight. Um, in that uh, accident, um, I tried to, I guess I had a reaction. I tried to hang on to the handlebars and it ripped both labrums in my shoulders. So I had to have bilateral sur shoulder surgery. So in that process, you know, it, it was a long battle and we had to go to battle with her for her insurance and everything else. And I had to hire these lawyers and all this stuff. And, and then, bam, I lose my grandfather who was like, he was like my my dad, dad, you know what I mean? He was the guy that I always looked up to world war II veteran. Mm -hmm. First one from my mother's side of the family that served in the service because we immigrated here. So, you know, it, he, he went in at 16, his father, who was my, my great grandfather, Papa Joe signed for him to go off to war. Here's a guy that just came to the country is this country goes to war and he signs for his oldest son and only at the time, to go off to war at 16 years old, to fight for a country that he just became a citizen in. Wow. So, you know, there, there's my grandfather passes away. And then, uh, and then 2014 goes through and we're trying to recover from, from that in January, 2015, my sister passes away. And, you know, uh, it was weird because two weeks before that, we had had our yearly, um, our yearly uh, New Year's dinner, you know, that we do with my family, sit down with my mom and dad and my other sister, and uh, we all get together and we have dinner you know, for the new year to kick it off right. And it was weird because she had said, if anything should happen to me, I want... Jacqueline and Justin to have the kids. And we were like, wow, that's kind of crazy, you know? Um, 
The reason why I think that she said it was one, the way that we would raise the kids because she knew how we were as far as our belief system. But two, at that point in time, we were told after going to some doctors that uh, we couldn't have any children. And we had tried for eight years. Um, it, it, it was like a 30% chance with help that we could ever have any, any kids, you know? So boom, my sister passes away and we inherit the children. And it was, it was a blessing because I looked at it like this. I get another chance to be a dad, but it was also a shock because, you know, now here are these kids and they're traumatized. They have uh, psychological damage done to them. You know, they, they found their mother. And so, you know, all these things that just, you know, we were going to have to put some work in, you know, the kids were a little unruly. They needed some structure and discipline, you know, they thought that the four food groups were McNuggets, Big Macs, and Whoppers, you know. So, I mean. Oh, they're not. <laughs> they're not. No, no, they're not. Oh, man. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a work in progress. And we spent a, uh, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what we were going to do. The money that I got from the accident was actually kind of like this godsend. Um, you know, for a long time, I was sitting there going, you know, my shoulders are messed up, you know, and my bike's trashed and, you know, my status with my motorcycle club is going to poop, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, why me? I'm looking up, telling God, why me, you know, beating myself up over it and everything else. And then boom, I get this money and then boom, I inherit these kids. And then I go why not me? Wow. You know, why not me? Is that what, is this what God's telling me? And I was like, damn, you must think I'm a rock star, man. But if this is what you want, then I'm going to do it. So I went out and I bought a house, moved everybody in and we sat down and started getting settled in. And the weekend of my birthday in the new house, I think we had only been in there probably a week my wife conceived on my birthday. And these are the miracles you were talking about. Uh, right. so Charlotte and Madeline. Huge, huge miracle, Charlotte and Madeline, right. So the doctor says with, with, you know, with help, I only have 30% chance. Jackie and I only had a 30% chance. You know, that pretty much left us no chance without a doctor, you know? And we're like, yeah, doctors don't know everything. Yeah, we got George and Teresa, we're good. We don't need kids and then all of a sudden Jackie's like I think I'm pregnant I'm like well don't tell anybody yet <laughs> you know so we're taking yes and we're like yeah we we till till we went in and, and took a look at it through an ultrasound we didn't know what we were gonna do we had to uh yeah we thought it was a tumor <laughs> it's not a tumor <laughs> thanks Arnold <laughs> yeah yeah so uh so there comes there comes Charlotte and she was our bouncing baby girl. We were in the house for a year and uh, she is, she was, she was so good. She was a good kid. And the other thing I'll tell any of them new dads out there is black talk. 
watch out for the black tar. Oh, yes. Black oh, tar. Yes. Oh, nasty, it's nasty. It doesn't come off. If you get it on your hands, it does not come off. And then once you do get it off, it still smells. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're actually um, pretty partial to, uh, to poop stories here. Um, but kind of on the flip side of thing, uh, with Charlotte and Madeline, um, what are you most proud of as a dad? You know what? That's a good question. And I was talking to my wife about it. And uh, the thing that I'm proud of the most as a dad, um, it's my girls. I, I'll be honest with you. It's my girls. It's my, my boy, Georgie. It's my girl, Teresa. You know, um, they, they're, George and Teresa are really grounded. And they're very, uh, they're very mature for their age and for what they've gone through. It's absolutely incredible how resilient they are. Mm. And for that, for me to watch them do the things that they do and carry on with their life after what they've been through and how much they've been traumatized. I'm so proud of them. I'm proud of my girls because they're my legacy. You know, I mean, this is every achievement that they uh, accomplish is like an achievement that I accomplish. You know? Now this podcast is our main audience is for like new dads or first time dads, or maybe dads who are late to the party, but they just maybe for the first time had an opportunity to like engage. So you, you have all sorts of dad cred uh, under your belt. What advice do you have for, for dads who are listening that, you know, as far as, you know, engaging or, you know, upping their game a little bit or, or having fun as a dad, what advice do you have? Be present, hmm. you know, because you're going to turn around and you're going to have an 18 year old. And that 18 year old's going to tell you that they know everything, you know, be present because, you know, and take advantage of the times when they're little, you know, um, just that extra, you know, that extra kiss running out the door, that extra hug, that extra high five, you know, um, there's been many a times before I leave, uh, before I leave the house, you know, that, that I'll run over and, and give my girls an extra kiss and and then they want another one and then they want another one. I'm like, you know what? I can be a minute late, you know? I'm gonna get me four or five kisses before I leave the house. But the other thing is, and this is kind of a fun thing for dads, is tell them stories. Mm. Tell them stories, because they're gonna remember that, you know? And I, I'm not saying it's gotta be anything too serious, you know? I, I do some funny stuff around here. And I. I told uh, my daughter when she's trying to get her to sleep, she asked me about how I got this big, big black toenail. And I told her that while I was at work, that they had this parade for the circus. And unfortunately, I got in the way and an elephant <laughs> stepped on my toe. <laughs> now it's just between me and her. My wife had no idea. And so my daughter, about three or four weeks later, she's like, mommy, I was, I was working. She goes, tell me the story about how daddy got the elephant to step on his toe. And uh, <laughs> she's like, I don't know if I know that story, Charlotte. Why don't you tell me? And she goes, well, I don't want daddy to work late. And she's like, oh, Jackie's all, why? And she goes, cause maybe another elephant might step on daddy's other toes. <laughs> 
<laughs> she, uh, she, so I, I was working in the garage with this bin full of rags and trying to get this truck going um, that I have an old international. And uh, I caught the rags on fire and I caught myself on fire. And so my hand blistered up and everything else. And I have this video and I will send it to you guys because it is awesome. <laughs> my wife is unwrapping the blisters to wrap them back up and put some uh, goo on it, you know, to make them feel better. And as she's doing it, my daughter's sitting there watching her very intently. And she goes, Daddy, does that hurt? Daddy, does that hurt? And I go, no, it doesn't hurt, babe. And she's starting to unwrap it some more. And I go, she goes, Daddy, don't say. And I go, she goes, Mama, Mama, don't hurt Daddy. Don't make him bleed. (laughs) Literally, like, almost in tears. And I thought, this is the best thing ever. You have fun with them, you know. And this is stuff that they might not remember, but you'll remember. You know, it's the things that you take with you, you know, and then, you know, as they get older, you know, my dad, my dad used to take us on these epic vacations. And, you know, I look back on them now and I go, man, they weren't really that long, but they seem like they were, you know, because we went to these places and we seen these things and, you know, we fished for these fish and I did this and I did that, you know, and they were like, you know, three day weekends, you know, or four day weekends. But, you know, you, you, you invest some time into that. You know, don't get too caught up in making a career for yourself that you don't make a life for yourself at home. Mm. That, that would probably be the bottom line advice. Be present. Enjoy your time with your family. Don't get too caught up in, uh, in the work. And uh, help your wife. For crying out loud, guys, help your wife a little bit. Final question, um, with this family that you've got, it's kind of a unique situation. Um, what's been the pleasant surprise so far? The best surprise so far is having two little girls that look up to a young man and a young lady. And instead of them being cousins, look at them as a big brother or big sister. And I put a lot of stock in that because I'm the Mm -hmm. oldest out of my family. And I know what a big brother's supposed to do. And I know what a big brother's not supposed to do. The pleasant surprise for me is is that they the my girls look up to my niece and my nephew and look at them as brother and sister, big brother, big sister. And they have these stars in their eyes. It's it's Mm -hmm. pretty awesome. It's pretty great. We love it. And Justin. Uh, it has just been an absolute privilege being able to have you and with, with just a, a deep story. I mean, there in in you know a thirty minute time span telling a story that lasted that spanned so many years. I mean, there's so many highs and lows that you covered in such a short amount of time. But there, there's a lot of heartache and a lot of victory there. Thank you for opening the curtain for us and letting us have a peek. Uh, I know that our our listeners uh, that we are that are grabbing a hold of this. Uh, I have no doubt that they're going to be encouraged by your story. So thank you for your willingness to, to be transparent, to be vulnerable, to share that. Um, when this airs, it's going to be towards the end of January, maybe beginning of February. Our first season ends on Father's Day. Uh, and then we're going to cool. jump back in with season two in the fall. And we would definitely love to, to have you again as a guest 
as we jump sure. into and start preparing for, for season two. But thank you so much for spending the time, carving this time out to hang out with John and, and with me. And uh, thank you again for, for your time. Really appreciate well, thank it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for doing this for us dads out there. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Justin, for your story, um, giving literally your life story to us and just handing it to us on a silver platter. Um, you know, J Justin's amazing, Brandon. I, I, I don't know what else to say. How about you have mm -hmm. anything? Well, for, for Justin, it's really cool how we got connected with him. Because So there was a, a, a childhood friend of mine, uh, Nicole, and uh, and so we were friends and we there was a uh, a health club right across the street from my house. Her mom worked there. And so we hung out quite a bit and uh, lost touch. But then the magic of social media, we've been in touch. And when we put out a call to to trying to find some Daddy Hood Rocks podcast guests, Nicole said, you should consider my friend Justin Archuleta. And uh, and so then I we touched base and he, he wrote out his whole story, much of what you guys heard. And I was like, we, and I, I sent the, uh, you know, the, the whole story to you, John, I was like, we, we have to have him on the podcast. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a story of like, like you said, resilience, um, a beautiful story of resilience, but also what I got from him is just grabbing opportunity. Uh, you know, if, if there's an opportunity there, I'm going to grab it. And that's a lot of, of mindset. Um, speaking of opportunity, we have the opportunity for our listeners um, to, uh, we talked about it last episode, the adventure challenge, phenomenal opportunity to be, um, intentional and level up, uh, your, your, your daddyhood. Um, if you go on to the adventure challenge, it's adventurechallenge.com, correct? Yes. Adventurechallenge.com. Use the code daddyhood, all one word. Uh, you get 10% off and man, we talked about it last time. Guys, there is so much there to unpack um, and a lot of things that will very humorously build that relationship with your kids. Um, and we also talked about how there's different focal points. So there's ones for couples, there's solo ones, there's friends ones. So there's so much there to unpack. And so we've partnered with them and um, they've given us the opportunity, again, opportunity to um, kind of partner with them and affiliate with them. Um, I'm thankful for it. I don't know about you, Brandon. I, I, I do know about you. You are thankful for it as well. Oh yes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm just really excited about it. So we wanted to hit on that again and just tell you, go there, go there, <laughs> go there. Yeah. So adventurechallenge.com and then use the code daddyhood. And you will not be disappointed. Check out the cat burglar. And then there's also one where we uh, set up basically dominoes across the house using uh, DVDs. And uh, that, that was that was pretty cool, too. So with that said, uh, again, just a shout out to Justin Archuleta for his story. And he he was able to just let everything out. Right? Speaking of letting everything out, um, let's talk next week about our kids letting everything out. Yes. I mean, we've covered magic poop. We've covered grape barf. Now let's just talk about letting everything out. I love it.
Sounds good. All right. Uh, so I'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. We'll hopefully you'll hear us next week. Um, thank you so much for being a part of our journey on this podcast. Um, we're going to continue. Uh, and so I hope you continue listening to us. And remember, Daddyhood Rocks. Thank you so much for listening to the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. We are here to help you engage, level up, and have fun being a dad. Engage with us on all the social media platforms. Check out our links in the show notes below. Give us a five-star rating if you think we're worthy. And tune in next time to see how we can help you become the dad you are meant to be. This is the Daddyhood Rocks podcast.